the 409th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. And finally, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 409 of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is going out to our buddy Crunch in the Discord. He's been living up to his name, crunching numbers for us for the Dana White's Contender Series, um, especially crunching uh, Yanni numbers, which is always fun to see. So thank you, Crunch. And thank you, listener, dear listener, for allowing us to invade your ear holes once again. This is our second part of the i was going to speak french there but my i'm not very confident with my french right now it's been too long ufc paris is what we're breaking down here that's why i was going to speak french uh yesterday we broke down the prelim fights for you this card has been in flux but mostly it's it's been the uh, prelims that were in flux and now we have the main card for you today but not just that no that's not enough you, you deserve more than that we're also going to give you our locks our dogs our parlays or one parlay and some props all that fun stuff so Buckle up. Um, joining me is the one and only Gumby God, Daniel Vreeland. Bonjour, mon ami. Gumby. That rhymes. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> oh, that's all you know. Yeah, that's all I got. I can, I can speak to you in Spanish if you want, but that's uh, uh, Noche UFC. Know. Noche UFC is it for two weeks. Oh, that's right. I better uh, learn Spanish then. I took Spanish in university and got a D. was one of my lowest marks in university. Oh, that's uh no, I I didn't take it in college, but I remember a lot from high school. I had a really great uh, I had a high school Spanish teacher. This is a true story. He had a hook for an arm. Um, really? Yeah. Like, was he from, a pirate? Was he the from, last pirate? From the shoulder down, hook for an arm. Uh, he was also a driver's ed teacher, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Very shout, interesting. Not fantastic. Shout, but the... shout out, shout out to Senor, Senor Angel, if he's listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not fantastic that, that you only have one arm, sir, but fantastic that you, uh, that you're persevering through life. Um, we're going to persevere through this card. It's actually not going to be hard. There's some enjoyable fights on this here fight card, Dan. Quite a few. Yeah, I, I love this fight card um, from both like, I mean, there's like two very high level fights topping this card, first of all, like the t- tippy tops of two yep. divisions. Yep. And then you got two other fights between, I, I mean, like I think ranked people, uh, I'm going to say like probably ranked. I personally have Benoit St. Denis ranked. So uh, he's at least getting votes. I know that for yep. sure. He's got my yep. vote. Um, I think I have him at 15 though. So, but like he's at least getting one vote. Um, and then obviously Ozdemir is still ranked. And then, you know, you get some new flavor in there too, with you're going to find out what Guskov's all about. And you're going to find out what Gamori is all about. We are going to find out what Gamori is all about that. There's a good title right there, Dan. Um, <laughs> <sighs> all right. This is in the Accor, Accor arena in Paris, France, September the 2nd. 
Uh, 12.30 prelim start time, and then the main card is 3 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus, and not TSN in Canada. It is on Fight Pass. Um, if you haven't listened to the prelim episode yet, make sure you do that. We give you picks, and as per usual, we disagree on one fight, and only one fight. That, that's all that Gumby and I can disagree to, uh, to agree to disagree on. Um, one thing we don't disagree on is DraftKings. We don't disagree on my amazing segues as well. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's the lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, you don't know about college football, so I can't ask you a spread. You gave us Michigan last episode, right? I did. I, I would tell you, uh, f- you know, I, I I was prepared for one this time because you asked me last time, and oh, I was okay. not there prepared. You go. Um, but but I do like uh, I do like Florida to cover against Utah uh, because while Florida may have lost their quarterback, uh, I I still think they're gonna they're gonna keep it close with Utah. All right. Very good. There you go, people. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com. Sorry, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Get that correct, Jeff. All right. I set you all up. I teased you. And now we're actually going to get into the breaking down bets for you or picks. Actually, this fight is a makeshift fight as well. I told you it was basically just the prelims that were all juggled around. But this fight was hastily arranged as well. It's featherweights. William Gomi versus Yanis Gamori. The guy we're going to find out about, Gamori, the Desert Warrior, twelve and one, three knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted once. So the only time he has been stopped, only time he's, he's lost. This is his debut. He's won nine straight fights. He's not lost since May of 2015. Two straight fights. He's won via knockout or TKO. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com/store. Use fight at featherweight plus two thirty. Gamori, Jaguar, twelve and two, six knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted once. Two and zero in the UFC. He has missed weight before. He's won 10 straight fights and 12 of 13. He's not lost since November 2016. He has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get that shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. That is it for this episode. I'm not saying that again, sadly. Uh, Gomi used to fight at lightweight. He's two years younger than Gamori. Three inches of height on him. Minus 270. I usually kick off the main card. Give me Gomi, the Jaguar. Gamori, actually, I have watched tape on him as well. Looks... Uh, uh, Pretty decent, a pretty good fighter here. Um, but I think Gomi is a uh, a step, a big step up for him in his debut. Especially, I know it's short notice for both of them, but especially he hasn't had a, a lot of time to plan for him. So give me the younger, bigger, more higher experienced Gomi. Do you know? Do you know one thing that Gomori did that like turned me off on his fights to the point where I was like, I don't think I can bet on this guy ever. He's like mm. one of those. He's one of those guys who, when he strikes just like puts his hands out and like tries to like hold your, your lead hand with his hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, I know he's doing it to both like gauge range and to draw strikes so he can counter and to look for a takedown. Like I know what he's doing, but like in all of the instances I saw in his past fights, he just wasn't like active enough with it and like wound up getting hit with stuff. 
And like the thing about William Gomi is like, you know, you you go back to that fight with Jarno Aarons. He's like, he's pretty fast on the feet. Like he was up against a kickboxer in that fight and he was still the faster kickboxer, right? And so like, I don't think Gamori's got the ability to take him down. I don't, I don't think Gamori's really going to, like that little hand fighting game is going to bother Gomi. I just think Gomi's going to rip him. So uh, yeah, give me Gomi here. Even at the inflated number, he might be like, you know, he might be parlay fuel here or something. All right, throw him in a parlay, parlay fuel. That's the new 2023. It's all about parlay fuel. Um, all right, light heavyweights. Volkan Ozdemir. I should say everyone's name French versus Bogdan Guskov. Uh, it's an off dance. We have to pick him. Guskov ends an OV. Uh, he's 14 2, 12 knockouts, two submissions. So he's finished everyone. Uh, he's been knocked out once. This is a short notice UFC debut. Warning, warning, danger, danger. He's won four straight fights and 12 of 13. Six straight fights he's won via knockout or TKO. But obviously, he's a wrestler if his name ends in off. Uh, he is not, by I, the way. He's not <laughs> I, I know he's not. Dude. <laughs> I know. Uh, inch of height, three years younger than Ozdemir, plus 155. I told you I did tape this week. I know these things. You said um, 150. You, you said 155? Plus 155. Yeah, okay. plus 155. I, did, I, was, I wasn't sure the line. Oh, is Gumby uh, tipping his hand? We shall see. Ozdemir. Maybe Gumby has no time for no time. He's for 18 and 7, 12 knockouts, one submission. But knocked out twice, submitted twice. Six and six in the UFC. One and three over his last four. Did lose his last fight. Used to fight up at heavyweight. One and one in Bellator. 2010 pro MMA debut. He also is a was a pro kickboxer. Minus 175. Gumby, were you tipping your hand? I was. I'm going to go with Ghost um, All right. First of all, are you on his topology page right now? Could you open that for me? Uh, no, I will. I I did before, and I don't think anything stood out. But maybe. Let, let me just ask you: Does he not look like an Uzbek Anthony Smith? Yes, he <laughs> is Anthony Smith. I was going to say he looks like Anthony Smith, but you want to throw on the Uzbek? That's fine. Yeah, yeah, a big muscly. That, maybe a big muscly Uzbek Anthony Smith. Um, which is uh means he's got to have good luck coming his way, right? Because he's Anthony Smith. Sure. Um. But no, like here, here's the thing about Volkan Ozdemir. Like, right, he he busted into the UFC with a whole bunch of wins right away, and uh, got himself a title shot. And since then, he's just been chilling in the top ten, right? And, and pretty much, you can't get him out of there. And if you look at his wins, they are very unimpressive. And I mean, going all the way back to the very first one, split decision win over Ovin St. Pru didn't age well, right? He beat Misha Serkinov, didn't age well. Beat Jimmy Manawa again, didn't age well. Elir Latifi didn't age well. He didn't really beat Alexander Rachich, but he got the decision anyway. Um, so that's maybe his most impressive win. And then whatever the hell happened to Paul Craig in that last fight is his last one. So, like, there's a couple of nice names on there, but does any of that stick out to you as being like, Ostemir is actually really good? Because to me, it doesn't. And, and the losses to for him have looked bad. You know, in, in a lot of times, like, you know, he had nothing for DC, obviously, but also then he got dominated on the ground by Anthony Smith and he got outstruck by Dom Reyes. Um, although some people think he won that fight, too. But like he got outstruck by Dom Reyes and Nikita Krylov and knocked out by Yuri Prohashka. And like, yeah, so some of those guys are the bigger guys in the division. But like, here's the thing about Guscott. He just needs to tag you once. He is a little nuts on the feet. He will probably be off balance for 50% of this fight. But 50% of this fight might be 32 seconds um, because he just hits so hard. And I really do like the way that he throws in the clinch. 
If he gets like a single collar tie, he throws uppercuts with the other arm and he'll do it with both arms. And I have seen that like he's gotten some body lock takedowns and he doesn't just use like, you know, his big man strength and squeeze. He does like a little foot sweep in there too, uh, which is pretty impressive for a guy of his size. So I think the fact that he's going to be bigger um, than Vulcan owes Demir, which is already something that Vulcan's not necessarily used to dealing with. He's going to hit harder than Vulcan owes Demir, and he's like maybe got a clinch advantage. Yeah, I, I think he's worth a roll of the dice. Maybe he comes out here and looks terrible because he's fighting higher level competition for the first time, but I think he can hit him. Higher level, short notice. I'll take Ozdemir, but this is probably not something in the real world IRL. Um, in, in real life, I, I would play because I kind of wrote Ozdemir off. He's kind of survived longer than I thought, but yeah, if, if this guy can really hit, then maybe he'll put turn his lights up. But he has one and three in the last four. Like, would it yep. surprise you if yep. he gets turned out by a, a no. newcomer and then the UFC is like, oh, about that contract, sir? I he, I loved it, but I had to give it to uh, Thomas Peterson. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas. Oh, so true. So true. Um, uh, still, I'll take Osmir. Just short notice plus the level. He he's he's still even at this state. He's he's better than people that Guskov has fought in the past. Correct? Yes, definitely. Yeah, this is yeah. a huge step up. I'm definitely yeah. taking a stab on punching power and maybe Ozdemir being like just a tad too hittable. All right, we're gonna go to lightweights now. Benoit Saint-Denis versus Thiago Moises. Our boy Denis is getting a step up in comp as well. Uh, Moises, 17 to 6, three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Six and four in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. Before that, he lost two, two straight. Before that, he won three straight. So 2 0, 2 and 2, 5 and 2. Last two fights, he has won via submission, 1 0 in contender series, was a regional champion. Uh, used to fight at featherweight 2012 pro MMA debut. He's been outstruck over his 10 UFC and make that 11 fights. Uh, one in contender series, 10 in the UFC. He's been outstruck by 1.43 strikes per minute. Plus 138 is the number on him on the board. The God of War or BSD. Obviously, we're going to go with the God of War for him. Uh, he's 11 and one with one knockout. Two knock. Uh, he's been mm, sorry. Let's start again. This is Ben Wasendi Danny. We're talking about. He's 11 and one with one no contest. Is what I meant to say. Two knockouts, nine submissions for him. So he's finished everyone. He himself has never been finished in a fight, even though he really should have been finished in his first UFC fight. But he is a zombie, the French zombie. He's 3-1 in the UFC. He's won three straight, all via finish. Used fight at welterweight and middleweight. Was a regional champion. Also a pro grappler. Two-inch tight, three inches reach on Moises. More active lightning strikes and better grappling stats. Uh, he has been outstruck over his UFC career, but maybe if we take that first fight out, uh, I bet he he wouldn't be. But uh, nonetheless, he's at minus 2.03 strikes per minute. He's at minus 146. Obviously, give me De- Saint Denis. You you had a lot of good points. So I won't try to steal on uh, Top Turtle Podcast, but uh, Denis is um, just a dangerous all-around fighter. His nickname could be Dangerous because uh, he can crack on the feet, and obviously the grappling and the wrestling is, is his strong suit, um, which is what Moises kind of counts on as well uh to win fights so good luck here and you're definitely not going to finish saint denis so give me the god of war yeah he um he, he would have outstruck his opponents if you uh if you take that eliza zaleski okay. joe santos fight out go. of there i can i can confirm that for sure um not by a huge number but but by a significant enough number and i like you said i'm, I'm going benoit saint denis here I, I think the reason i like him so much in this fight is because Tiago Moises is a guy who relies on top grappling 
for the most part in order to win the fight. If you go back and you watch that fight with Michael Johnson, Michael Johnson pieces him up in the first round on the feet and stuffs every takedown attempt he throws at him. And it's not until he falls back on a straight ankle locker it, until he wins. And like, he still is not taking Michael Johnson down. And Benoit Saint-Denis, I think, has a wrestling advantage here. And I think if this stays on the feet, he has a massive striking advantage. So, like, he he's going to win on the feet. He's going to stuff the takedowns. And even if he wasn't winning on the feet, he himself could take him down and just make Tiago Moises work off of his back. And I don't know that Moises would sub him from there because I, I think he'd be in punches. And I think ben, Benoit Saint-Denis got the posture. So, yeah, I like Benoit Saint-Denis quite a bit in this fight. All right, T. As as we both do, he's one of our guys, Dan. He has in turned into it. He, I, yeah. I tried to make him. Uh, I, I tried to make him one of our guys uh, before he fought Elijah Zaleski dos Santos. Because I don't know if you know this, I took him to beat Elijah Zaleski dos Santos. Ultimately, yep. a bad call because it was on short notice and it was up a weight class. But I was like, this dude's got talent. Like I, I knew from having seen him, you know, on on the regional scene, and he had fought in a couple of places on the regional scene, but mostly in Brave. And when I saw him in Brave, I was like, this dude is a killer and uh, would be lucky to have him in the UFC. So, uh, yeah, more of more Benoit Saint-Denis, please. Yes, please. More of Benoit saint Yeah, it's nice to see him on a, a nice roll here. Um, not just being a punching bag. So, yes, more of him, please. Um, all right, let's go to the co-main event, shall we? Manon Fioro, another one of our people, our girl Manon versus Rose Nama Yunus. This is at welterweight. Uh, welterweight. That would be wild. Uh, flyweight. I don't think Rose Naman Yunus could ever weigh 170 pounds. Even if she was pregnant, I don't think she would weigh 170 pounds. Let's tell you about her first. Thug Rose, 11 and five, two knockouts, five submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. Nine and three in the UFC. Uh, she's done three and one over her last four. She did lose her last fight. That was back in May of 2022. She was the 115 pound champion, strawweight champion, two times in the UFC. She also went 3-0 in the Ultra Fighter, 2-1 in Invicta, 2013 Pro MMA debut. Two years younger than Fioro, uh, positive strike differential of 0.16 per minute. And she's at plus 170. Manal, the beast Manal Fioro, our girl, 10-1, six knockouts, never been finished in a fight. 5-0 in the UFC. She's won 10 straight fights. She lost her debut uh, and then has reeled off 10 straight wins since then. And that, that was back in June of 2018 when she did lose. Uh, multiple regional championships on her. Mantle. Correct. I lied. There was one more hidden here. I missed. Uh, so yes, correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Two inches taller than Nama Yunus. Better striking stats. She's almost twice. She's almost twice more active landing strikes. I always stumble over that, but that's the facts. Uh, she has outstruck her UFC opponents by 3.44 strikes per minute. She's at minus 175. I'm a little surprised the numbers got as large as it had. Oh, it's, it's your turn anyway. No, no, I, it's, no, it's yours. I no, just, it's my it's turn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm a little bit surprised the numbers gotten this high in Firo. I thought it was going to be closer. I'm still picking her to win this fight. Um, it, look, Rosnama Yunus is a distance striker, right? Like, that's how she got stuffed on in the past. She'd be uh, Weili Zhang from distance. She'd be Yoani Janjacek from distance. And... The problem is in this fight is I don't think she's the better of the two technical distance strikers. Uh, I don't think she's got the power that Manon Firo has either. Uh, and I, I don't think she'd win at range against Manon Firo. And then in addition to that, like she is a good grappler, but I think she's going to be at a massive physical disadvantage up at 25. I know she's long. I, I know she's probably put on weight in order to, to take this fight, but Firo is such a powerful 25er. So 
I really do think Firo's just got advantages in a lot of different spots, and and I don't know that Nami Yunus can match it. Yeah, this this is a good fight for uh, Fiora. It's actually a, she's fighting a strawweight um, with a big name, um, which will definitely the title picture is getting a little cloudier um, at flyweight um, because I guess um, the youngster just jumped uh, ahead of her in line. Um, you, you don't you don't even if Fiora knocks Nami Yunus out, um, she probably doesn't jump ahead of Aaron Blanchfield. But who, who's to say? But um, yeah, Fiora is going to be too big too physical, too good of a striker uh, for Nami Yunus. And you ne- you really never know what you're going to get with, with Rose at this point. Um, and she's really, like, it, especially considering she's been out for so long, she hasn't fought very often over the past few years. And like I said, you never really know what. And she just put up a, she just put up a dud in her last fight too. Let's not, yes. let's not forget that. Oh, can, can we not forget it, please? Let's just forget it, okay? I we don't, don't want to. I don't think, think I'll ever. I don't think I'll ever forget that <laughs> or Derek Lewis versus Francis. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> it's true. But yeah, anyhow, Fiero is her pick. Of course, she's her girl. Um, and like I said, this is this is a good uh, resume win for her and uh, get her in that title shot uh, territory again. Um, underdog fantasy people, no segue. Just jump right into it. August is almost over, and you know what that means. Time is ready up for you to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy. Get championship ready for your home league by pl- trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live sneak draft. No waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and Underdog does the rest. Try it out with Underdog's the best ball media tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. You have what it takes to win, to win it all. Time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code SGPN. Get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. Gumby, are you prepared for an underdog pick them for us? A pick. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell you to, uh, it, this is coming out on on Thursday. So I'm going to tell you yeah, to take. it's Thursday right now. Duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely not taping this on Wednesday. Um, so I'm going to tell you on uh, Thursday to take uh, Austin Riley's uh, higher than uh, 1.5 total bases because I told you on the last episode I love total bases plays. Yep. There you go. And you love the Atlanta Braves. That is that is true. As so does the uh, the SGPN Discord. <laughs> yes, Scuba is Scuba the, the Braves fan. There's like three of them in there. We're telling me about really? how the Braves have pretty much uh, pretty much been the only thing they they've winning on bets lately, or yeah. they, the only thing that's bailing them out on bets lately. There were like two or three people in there. I think it was the other one with a uh, username that has an expression that I don't think I'm supposed to say on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, it's uh, how can you not enjoy watching the Braves right now? Well, yeah, they're really team, quite. A they're team. they're really good. <laughs> they're really good. Uh, not just uh, not just uh, checking out the Braves. Make sure you also check out our Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon Sports Gambling Podcast. Patreon, the SGP fam that I've been a part of for what three years. How long have you been around, Gumby? I don't know. Do Whenever you, you told me I was allowed to come, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I brought Gumby aboard. Ryan, big big rich fat baby. What what's his nickname? Uh, rich fat baby. Ryan McKee brought me along. So. That's that's where where it all started. Um, you can learn a bunch of stuff about how the actual network started and lots of other fun things on our Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. This week's Patreon pick'em is all Week One college football. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGamblingPodcast.com/slash Patreon. 
That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, he should we go to the main event? That fight we just broke down could have been a main event on most fight cards. It's amazing what they can do with fight cards when they actually have to sell tickets to the to the event, right? Yeah, although I will tell you, they could have done much worse than that since Prize still sold Paris out yeah. because uh, nope. pa- Paris has got a raucous crowd, or at least they did last time. Yep, they've been waiting for decades to be able to legally watch MMA. So there you go. All right, main event. This man is always in the uh, UFC Paris main events. Cyril Gain versus Sergey Spivak. Do you know who Sergey Spivak is married to, Dan? There's a here's a good question for you. I don't. I don't know. She's, the she. She could be a millionaire very, very soon, in the fall. Is is it because Sergey Spivak uh, is going to win a big purse here? Nope. She's going to be a millionaire <laughs> on her own. She could win a big purse. Is she on a reality TV show? Yes. Well, not okay. really. She's she's in the PFL. Marina Makatina or whatever her name. Oh, is. really? That's his wife. Yeah. That's his huh. wife. Yes. I did not know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just I just discovered that as well. Yeah, she, he, uh, you obviously don't watch PFL because I think he was at the event too in her corner for her fight. So there you go. Uh, he, if he's I a big did, po- mm. even if I did see him in, in her him in her corner, my first thought would be not be oh I bet they're married. It would be oh, oh look usually he's cornering. <laughs> usually that's the way things go in MMA, you know. But anyhow, um, yeah, he's he's the big uh, white one that looks like a polar bear. That's 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 the guy. If you that's ever true. see him in the corner, yeah, that's, that's true. Him. His nickname is Polar Bear Fitting. That's kind of how he fights, too. Polar Bear would would uh, maul you, I think. Uh, Spivak, 16-3, seven knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out himself twice, seven and three in the UFC. He's won three straight fights and six of seven. All three of those last three wins have come via finish. He is was a regional champion. He's five years younger than Gain. Based on their last weigh-ins, he, he came in eight pounds heavier. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by almost a strike a minute. It's 0.95 strikes per minute. Better grappling stats than gain. Daw. Uh, he's at plus 163. That is not a daw. Uh, Bongamin, good kid. Zero gain. 11-2. Five knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted once. Eight and two in the UFC. He's gone lost, win, loss over his last three. He get, got submitted in his last fight by John Jones, and his other loss was Francis Ingano. So no shame in the game there. Used to be the interim champion, but we do not. Um, we do not. What's the word? Look for Dan. We, we don't do not recognize that. Recognize though. is the word. It's a hard word. We do not recognize interim championships. Uh, he was a regional champion. We recognize those. Thirteen zero. I'm Muay Thai and the champion there, in that sport. Uh, inch taller than Spivak. Three inches of reach on him. Better striking stats, and he's more active landing strikes. And he's outstruck his UFC opponents by two point eight three strikes per minute. Very good number there. Minus one sixty. Give me dog money here. I'm taking Spivak. A very clear. Uh, path to victory here. Uh, Russell, the guy who doesn't want to wrestle and claims he doesn't want to even practice wrestling. So Spivak, I think can maul him and get him on the ground. And uh, it's not like he can't crack a little bit either. So um, I'm going out on the limb here. I'm taking the dog. Give me Sergey Spivak. I'm going to go with Spivak too. Uh, I think um, I, I want to believe that Cyril Gain can stuff these takedowns and in, in you know, sort of regain some of his glory. But what evidence do I have for that? You know, he, he got taken down 80% of the time against Francis Sagano. Um, And Francis Sagano, you know, like, I know we went on to talk about how his wrestling got better, but, like, that's the only wrestling we've ever seen from Francis Sagano was just that he, like, mauled uh, Surreal Gain. And, and then we watched Surreal Gain look like an infant trying to fight John Jones in terms of his grappling. So, 
Is Sergei Spivak a step back from John Jones? Hell yeah, he is. Uh, John Jones is one of the you know better wrestler grapplers of all time in in MMA. Is he a step behind Francis Ngannou? Maybe, maybe not. the The big difference is is just can he get surreal to respect him on the feet enough that he has to defend there and then you know like won't be able to deal with the takedowns. But I think Spivak gets enough takedowns here. Um, we'll see if the cardio holds up. We'll see if everything else holds up. But uh, it, it's at least worth the roll of the dice. Yeah, I think so, too. And Gaines, one of those guys, you don't know what you're going to get with him either. Yeah, he, he does seem like, and, and even in like the Tai Tui Vasa fight where he did look good towards the end, th- there were moments where you're like, what is he doing in there? You know what I mean? Like yeah. in in... Is that enough to just say blindly take Sergei Spivak? No, but Sergei Spivak has hit 75% of his takedowns in each of his last three fights. He's won all of those. Um, you know, the only loss in there is a Tom Aspinall loss in his last four fights. So, yeah, you know, like I, I think he's shown enough here that we can uh, especially take a stab at him as he nears two to one. Uh, and that number seems to be going up. The money seems to be coming on surreal. Not after uh, this podcast drops. So not after sure. Turnip gets his hands on it. Exactly. <laughs> make sure you get in on that quickly. Do we agree on everything this fight, this uh, round? We did. No, we didn't. One, all one, like usual. We disagree on. All right, Spivak, Fiero. We're both in on those. Saint Denis. I also I like Ozdemir. He likes Guskov. We both like Gomi. So there you go. Always, there's always got to be one that we differ on. All right, don't you? click off the podcast and go listen to Mark Marin or Joe Rogan or something else. No, um, we have our locks, dogs, our lace props, all that fun stuff uh, coming to you. Now we're going to kick things off with Gumby because it's his, his turn this week. He's going to give you his lock. while I furiously look through and try to pick one myself? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Uh, this one's an easy one for me. I'll take them. Saint Denis on the money line as my lock. Negative 146 is the number we got uh, ahead of time or we talked about ahead of time. Yeah, I, I just think at the end of the day here, he's just it, it, wrestling's too good um, and it's going to be too much of a problem here. So uh, for especially for Tiago Moises. So, yeah, give me Benoit Saint-Denis on that money line. All right. Give me a Manon Fioro on the money line. It's getting a little high, but whatever. Uh, minus 175. I, I'll take our girl. All right. Taking a pair of our uh, guy slash gals. Um, yes, you got it. Underdog of the week. I'm going to go with uh, Cal Lagenbrin. Um, I think uh, his countering ability, I'm here for it against uh, Lopolis. I don't think Lopolis can hang with him all that long. And I think the wrestling there could pick up for him if he really needed it too. So, uh, yeah, give me Lagenbrin. All right. Cal Lagenbrin is your lock. Um, boom, 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 boom. Do I go to a Cage Warriors for a dog? Yeah, not, not your lock. That was your dog. Do I go Cage Warriors as well? All right, Reese McKee, plus 152, as, as I take a big sigh. Uh, I'm taking that because we were surprised that he was the underdog here, and uh, that's a good enough reason for me for, for taking him. Um, we both think he's better than Ange Lusa, and the fact he's underdog is a plus, so let's do it. And you're two for two in your last two underdogs, too, which is definitely you worth, Thank you. Uh, Thank you for worth, noticing worth noting, too. Yeah, yeah let's, let's prop him up here. Um, I'm two out of my last three in the prop bets. Uh, so this one, I'm going to go dog money here. Uh, I like the, we're going to take the, the Morgan Sherrier fight versus, uh, Manolo Zucchini and we're going to play the under one and a half. Uh, I think Sherrier is way better than him can win by knockout, can take him down and sub him if he wants, despite the fact he doesn't have a lot of subs. 
I think his abilities are there at TKO him. And I also think Zucchini's just got like weird KO power with the knee. So if he is going to win this fight, it's probably going to be weirdly by catching Charrier, stepping in and doing something weird. But under one and a half on that fight is only plus 165. So uh, I, I think that uh, I, I think there's a good chance this one ends at a round and a half. So I'll take that. I'm doubling up just like last week, doubling up on a uh, one of our female favorite female fighters. I'm taking Fia Rowe via decision at plus 138. Yeah, I, I almost said uh, Firo decision too. That that's a really Good. great play. Uh, I like Firo oh, decision. Thanks. Yeah, one thirty eight. You said. Uh yes, plus one thirty eight. I was happy to see it was a plus. So yeah, I don't I don't think she's gonna finish Rose, but let's do it. I, I yeah, and I think if you really hate the numbers that you're seeing in that fight, that's the way to play that one. You could you could either yep. just play like the over in general or whoever you're t- like because even if you're not picking Rose Nami Yunus and you just want that number to be bigger. Rose ain't finishing Manon Firo. Uh, I, and, and I don't think Manon Firo's finishing Rose. So, yeah, you might as well just take that one goes to decision, too. Perfecto. All right. Do you have a two-fight parlay that's going to win this big money that we call the Hungry Man John Superfan Parlay? Uh, we do. Uh, and I'm going to go double knockouts on this one, which is, of course, uh, always what makes people happy when they get to root for just knockouts. Like double impact. Yeah, just like double impact. Callback. Uh, I'm going to take – the first one I'm going to take is Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, it's cause I really think he's going to force Tiago Moises to strike with him. And even if he doesn't, I think the ground and pound victory is there, but while St. Denis by knockout plus three ten, uh, which is a number oh, I'm really liking. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm going to follow that up with, uh, Jacqueline Cavalcante by KO. I think, uh, this is more of a fade of Zara Farhain more than anything, because Farhain is just. I mean, she's terrible. Um, and she's been finished in two of her three fights. She got TKO'd by Felicia Spencer. She got finished in the first round by Megan Anderson. I, I think Cavalcante's got the hands to get her out of there. Um, and she's plus 200 right now. So if you put those two together, you're going to get plus 1130. All righty. Plus 1130. We like that. So BSD KO, Cavalcante KO, plus 1130. All right. And our uh, other fancy plays were Benoit Saint-Denis, Locke, Manon Firo, Locke, Kyle Lockwood, and Reese McKee, dogs, and Morgan Charrier under one and a half, right? That that sounds good to me. Yeah, and Firo, decision. All right, boom. Now we will shall get out of your ear holes until Sunday when we recap and count all the money that we won. Uh, until then, you'll find us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, Twitter, SGPN MMA, Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox Writer. They're the handles. Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. My Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Subscribe, enter my free pick'em contest. Check out my other writing and podcasting there. Gumby's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast. He has a triple header of interviews this week, including who? Uh, Nora Cornell, who is fighting on the prelims here, as well as Manolo Zacchini, who's fighting on the prelims. And then next week's Dana White's Contender Series hopeful, uh, Karine Laframbois. There you go. So make sure you get that in your ear rolls as well. And sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon is the place to be. Gumby, get us out of here. All right. I'm Dana Gumby Freeland. He's the Desert Warrior Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Sunday. 